everybody, this is your guy Manny, and this is the Back Row Commander Show. So the Titans play the Commanders this week, and I've not been excited to record episodes. I mean, when the product is bad, right, who's literally going to listen to bad product? Which is kind of why I've shied away from recording podcasts, but I am going to record one now, and I am going to talk about the Titans and the Commanders. I'm going to talk about the keys to victory for the Commanders, the key matchups for the Commanders and the Titans, and then what I expect out of this game. Hope you guys enjoyed it. So real quickly, let's go ahead and talk about the injury for the Titans. Um, the head coach has ruled out Amani Hooker, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham, which is a big one. Zach Cunningham could play. When he's healthy, he could play. Um, Ola, Adenayi, Traylon Burks, which is another big piece for the Titans. He was their first-round wide receiver who was to take over A.J. Brown. With Traylon Burks being gone, that's a lot more that's put on to Robert Woods, who have come back from injury, but, you know, you still got to kind of ease him on in, even though we're in week four right now. Also, Joe Jones is also out versus the Commanders this week. So, guys, being that I'm recording this episode on a Friday, it's to an, a good advantage because I get to catch all the different injuries that are happening right now, whether these guys play, whether they don't play. Curtis Samuel is back at practice, and I'm excited for that because Curtis Samuel has been amazing uh, this season. You know, he leads the team in targets, receptions. There's nothing that Curtis Samuel has not been able to do, and I'm excited that Curtis Samuel has actually been healthy and actually been able to play some ball this year. Samuel Cosme, he's been ruled out on Sunday, meaning that Cornelius Lucas is going to take his place as the starting right tackle. Now, I've heard fans say that Cornelius Lucas is a better play than Samuel Cosme, who has struggled in some areas so far this season. Jahan Dotson, he tweaked his hamstring against the Dallas Cowboys. He missed practice all week, which means he's going to be out on Sunday. Jahan Dotson has four receiving touchdowns. He is the league leader. He's tied for the league leader in receiving touchdowns with Stephon Diggs. So Jahan Dotson not being here, it's a huge loss. He literally has caught half of the touchdowns that Carson Wentz has been able to pass to different wide receivers for our team. With no Jahan Dotson, that means there's going to be more targets to go around for Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, you know, who leads the team with 250 yards receiving. But you know what? We're going to need more out of Terry. You're going to need to target Terry at least 12 to 14 times this game if you want to win. Now it's no excuses for a guy like Terry not to get targets. Logan Thomas, he's been on and off with practice. He's questionable. So we don't know if Logan Thomas is going to be able to play. But this also brings an opportunity for guys like Cam Sims. He's going to have to step in and play a big role. Also, Deami Brown. This is an opportunity for him to come up and play well and make a name for himself. So we're going to see what happens with these injuries, and is it really going to hinder the team or not? Anytime that, that you have injuries, obviously it's going to hinder the team. You also have Tyler Larson, you know, who's, you know, trying to make his way back. You have Brian Robinson Jr., who the team has activated, and he's practiced all week. Obviously, the team has 21 days to activate him, so I don't see that they activate him right away. They're going to ease him on in. I talked about Logan Thomas earlier. He was a late addition to the injury report with a calf injury, and um, he's questionable, but I think that Logan Thomas plays. I'm not a doctor. In other injury news, Percy Butler missed practice all week. He's ruled out. The same for Milo Effler. He's missed practice all week, so with a, ham with a hamstring injury, so Milo Effler is also out. David Mayo was on the side on Friday working with the, uh, with the trainers. 
He has a hamstring injury that he's dealing with. He's questionable. William Jackson III and Daniel Wise, both full participants and will be active versus the Titans. So that's that's a much-needed boost. Although we like to rag on William Jackson III, he's still a starting caliber corner, especially for this team. Now, a few things that I want us to look at is the play of the interior offensive line for the Washington Commanders has been horrible. And the Titans have a great defensive interior. We're not talking about pass rushes. We're talking about defensive uh, tackles. They got some. They got some big ones. So, you know, Trey Turner has not looked good at all since coming back from that quad injury. He's been replaced by Sadiq Charles, right? Who has shown tremendous athleticism throughout this, his time with the Commanders. But at the same time, it's like we are so unsure of Sadiq Charles. You know, drafted him as a tackle. He's really a guard. If he can't step up now, Sadiq Charles will not be on this team next year. But we're not talking about next year. We're talking about this game versus the Titans. So Sadiq Charles is definitely going to be needed. Him and his, all of his quads, <laughs> his big quads, his big legs. We're going to need all of that when you play the Titans because they have a force in the middle. Okay? So he had a solid outing versus Dallas. Um, he, he, he shows some explosive uh, uh, qualities. But then, like I said, he's still a developing player. Uh, he's still a guy that I'm so unsure of. But uh, with the additions, with changes at the right guard, um, you know, we have injuries to Wes Schweitzer and Chase Roulier, who are, you know, who's out for a while, which forced us to sign a Nick Martin. And now he's into the starting lineup. <laughs> Martin played, you know, OK, filling in uh, last week uh, with the offense. But it's still a it's still a, a, a unit that has a lot of work to do. Now, we're going to be facing one of the best interior tackles of all of football, and he's graded second highest, you know, uh, to finish the season, finding himself only behind Chris Jones. So he's he's highly touted. He has the pedigree. Um, he was the guy that played with Montez Sweat in Mississippi State. This is Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. You know, some people like Aaron Donald and say Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NFL. Simmons shows flashes of Aaron Donald, believe it or not. Yes, we have a Jonathan Allen who's also good, but Jeffrey Simmons is a whole nother animal. He plays with great strength, awareness on passing downs. He's violent with his hands, quick with his feet, you know, which allows him to generate a great pass rush just about every single play. He's that kind of player. He's going to be so disruptive regardless of, of whether he has another defensive tackle next to him, whether he's lined up as a nose tackle, whether they're playing the 3-4 uh, or, or the 4-3, it doesn't matter. He's that special of a player. But the team believes that Charles has potential to be a solid player. But solid players, I'm, I don't get excited about solid players anymore. You know, we lost Brandon Sheriff, who I didn't really too much care about because he didn't want to be here. But then when you lose to Eric Flowers, you would think that the people that you brought in in Norvell and, and you know, Trey Turner, you would think that these guys want to play ball and want to, you know, show that they still belong in the, in the league. And so far, it's looking like we got it wrong with the two guards that we brought in. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but let's see what Sadiq Charles is able to do. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have his hands full. Um, you're going to have Simmons in your face, Simmons coming after the quarterback, and hopefully Carson Wentz has a few minutes to throw that ball because that's been the biggest issue for the commanders is not being able to protect the quarterback. Also, can Washington limit the explosive plays in the run game? 
although we although we play well in general versus the run game, it's like can we contain it? Can we can we prevent these explosive plays? This week we're playing against Derrick Henry, so that means. You know, we're going to need Deron Payne. We're going to need Jonathan Allen. We're going to need all hands on deck, the guys that are backing them up. Derrick Henry is a monster, 6'3", 250 pounds. This is the size that I am, but I guarantee you I'm not as big <laughs> as Derrick Henry. I'm 6'3", I'm, I'm 250, but there's there is levels to this. <laughs> Derrick Henry is built like a like a tank, okay? I'm built like a mini tank, but it, it is what it is. And he's a professional. He's one of the strongest running backs in the league, one of the strongest men in the league. And uh, trust me, you're going to need four or five, six guys to tackle this guy. I'm, I'm hoping that Jamin Davis is ready and Cole Holcomb and Cameron Curl. You're going to need all these different guys to help slow down Derrick Henry. If you can slow down Derrick Henry, I love the chances for the commanders to come out victorious. Because at the end of the day, even though that the secondary has been so bad, you're literally only worried about Robert Woods. Maybe a few tight ends, uh, Nick Westbrook, Akina. So it's not too many weapons for the Titans, but at the same time, the commanders are a bad defense. They're a defense that gets that gets destroyed by just about any team. So I mean it I mean it just is what it is. So, you know, you have that power gap scheme, base runs from the Titans, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, they also excel in the you know outside uh zone game and zone blocking. Like, can we contain Derrick Henry? That's what it all boils down to, you know. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, we need all hands on deck. We got to be able to limit Derrick Henry if we want any chance of winning this game. But the good thing is that Jonathan Allen has been pretty good this year. He is playing at another year of a pro bowl level, including uh, Deron Payne. Both guys have been able to get after the quarterback and create success in getting some sacks. So I'm hoping that that continues. Now, there are some key individual matchups that we want to look at. You know what I'm saying? So the commander's offense, they have struggled. They have struggled mightily, especially the last two weeks. Can this offense muster enough to get this win versus the Titans? The Titans are still a good team. They're a struggling team, but they're a good team. The commanders are the bad team. The commanders are the team that people want to play. It's like when you look at the schedule, you look at the commanders, you circle it and say the commanders are an easy matchup. Okay, so the Titans, they have dealt with teams like the Bills and the Raiders. I'm sorry, the Titans, I mean, the the commanders are nothing compared to those teams. You know, so we're going to see if Scott Turner can actually get wise and make some plays like that's when we literally need Scott Turner to get creative in the first and second quarter is where the commanders have struggled. Slow offense, a slow start. Uh, the the scheme. What is John Matsko doing? What is Carson Wentz doing? Who's who's to blame? Is it a Scott Turner thing? They always pointing the finger, pointing the finger, pointing the finger. But you have to be you have to be able to scheme something together that can help the commanders win. Why I'm so excited about. The Commanders versus the Titans secondary. I think the Titans secondary is terrible. You know, they have some young pieces that could be something in the future. But for right now, they struggle mightily. They have one of the youngest and most inexperienced groups in in, in the NFL. You know, you have Christian Fulton. He played most of the 2021 season. But then he missed his rookie year with a knee injury. Roger McCrary, second round pick. He's a rookie. 
You know what I'm saying? Then you have the 2021st first-round pick in Caleb Farley, who missed most of his rookie year with a torn ACL. So they're guys that are, you don't know what you're going to get out of, the, out of them, mightily talented when they all are on their games and finally get some experience. I think that this group can be one of the most talented groups in all of football. But for right now, their inexperience is what's making them um, not look good defensively. The Titans do give up a lot of chunk plays. So it's going to be interesting to see how we face how we match up versus this group. I would have loved to have Jahan Dotson. I was going to be excited for that. You know, young rookie wide receiver versus a young rookie um, corner, most likely McCrary guarding him. But we just have to attack the weak link. Okay, even without Jahan Dotson, the Titans still have their hands full. Guarding Terry McLaurin, guarding Curtis Samuel. Both are standout elite route runners. They find the soft spot in the zone. They find the soft spot in the coverage. So you have these guys that are technician. Terry, I mean, uh, Carson Wentz just has to hit these guys. You know, sometimes you might have to hit them in stride. Sometimes you have to lead them. You have to kind of take what the defense is giving you and, you know, maximize on that. You know, now let's say, what if the commanders actually use Cam Sims? If they were able to actually use Cam Sims, we don't know what we're going to get. It could be something amazing for everybody. Give Cam Sims a chance. Let's see what he can do. Carson Wentz loves bigger wide receivers, and I believe he can use a 6'5 frame against guys like McCreary and Fulton, who are both 5'11". Now, you don't have to be the biggest guy to play corner in the NFL, and we do know that. We do know that, right? Speaking of corners and defense and things of that nature, the Titans' defense is just as bad as Washington's defense. Like, when you look at Washington's defense, they only have one interception in terms of takeaways. I don't even think they have a fumble recovery so far this season, speaking of the commanders. But for the Titans, they have three interceptions already, one by Imani Hooker, who's a safety, Kevin Byard, who caught an interception and ran it back 24 yards in a score. So it's like at least – no, sorry, he didn't He didn't run it back for a score. I take that back. But either way it goes, the Titans do a much better job at takeaways than the commanders do. So although you don't have to be tall to play corner, and although the Titans, you know, struggle to cover and they give up chunk plays, the Titans are slightly a better defense than the commanders. When you look at what they've done so far in terms of sacks so far this season, they have um, Weaver, uh, a linebacker, who leads them in sacks with four sacks, Danico Autry, uh, three sacks, and then Jeffrey Simmons, the man, the beast, with two sacks. They have a total of uh, 10 sacks so far this season. Um, We're going to look at the commanders and see how the commanders fare in terms of uh, sacks and interceptions and things of that nature. I, I do know that the commanders do struggle when it comes to getting takeaways. So looking at the flip side, when you, when you look at sacks, they're led by Jamin Davis. Believe it or not, Jamin Davis has three uh, sacks so far this season. Deron Payne, two sacks. And then Jonathan Allen, two sacks. Uh, Jeff Smith, uh, Jeff Smith, James Smith Williams. I'm sorry, guys. I can't talk today. James Smith Williams with a sack. And then F.L. Obata with a sack as well. Total of nine sacks to the Titans, ten. When you look at interceptions, we, were, we already talked about that. They only have one, and it's by Derek Forrest in that game-clinching game versus the Jacksonville Jaguars that first game of the season. 
But in terms of like fumble recoveries to confirm what I've said, they have zero. So they have one takeaway all season, meaning the commanders. You're going to need some takeaways. You're going to have to be plus one or plus two in the turnover to takeaway ratio. Although the Titans do have young, inexperienced corners, so do the commanders. Outside of Kendall Fuller and William Jackson III, who have been both suspect, you have guys like Rashad Wagoose, you know, getting substantial play in minutes and in snaps. You have Christian Holmes, another inexperienced guy. So you have all these all these inexperienced guys on both sides. It's going to be who can make enough plays to win the game, who can score enough points to win the game. I do like the chances that if Carson Wentz is upright, I love what he can do compared to what Tannehill can do. Tannehill has, Tannehill has been solid and steady so far this season, but Tannehill is not a quarterback that's going to scare you. He doesn't strike fear into, into, into their opponent's eyes. So with that being said, Tannehill has 784 yards passing so far this season. He has five touchdowns to three interceptions. He's been sacked seven, seven times. Now, when you compare that to Carson Wentz, he has 1,000 and, 1,031 yards passing, right? He's been, uh, he has eight uh, touchdowns to five interceptions, and he's been sacked 17 times, a whopping 17 times. When you go into the NFL stats and you look at the stats of the quarterbacks that have been sacked the most this season, those are the guys that are prone to be leading the league in interceptions thrown. So when you get sacked and you're constantly under pressure, most times you're going to commit turnovers. You're going to, you know, turn the ball over. And we know that um, Carson Wentz has fumbled this year. He has fumbled this year. Um, let me look at his fumbles, if it allows me. Um, can't find his fumble numbers, but he has fumbled uh, numerous times this year. and He's lost a few. I just can't find it with my visual right now. Um, so that's something that the commanders have to do, do a good job of, which is taking care of the ball. Got to take care of the ball. Since you can't get uh, uh, fumbles and fumble fumble recoveries, you're gonna have to be able to, um, you know, get some interceptions and some turnovers. Maybe special teams needs to, needs to step up. I've not been impressed with special teams at all. Uh, Dax Mill, he's been average as a returner on kickoffs. He's averaging 21.9 yards uh, per attempt. Uh, in terms of returning punts, it's been bad as well. So. We need the special teams to be special. On top of that, Joey Sly finally just kicked a field goal. This guy in four games has one attempt, one attempted field goal. He's missed the extra point. It just goes to show you that the commanders are always playing from behind, so they'd rather go for touchdowns than go for field goals. But they need to get into more scoring positions this year, although the first couple games, Carson Wentz came out pretty hot, tossing seven touchdowns. And then ever since then, it's been, it's been a dry spell. Um, even guys like um, even guys like uh, what's his name? Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. Um, Antonio Gibson. You know he hasn't ran the ball well at all. Sorry guys, I went blank for a minute. Um, he hasn't ran the ball well, and even though Brian Robinson Jr. is close to returning, you got to ease him on in. When you look at the Russian attack, Antonio Gibson leads the team with 173 yards, and that's in that's in four games. He's averaging 43 yards per game. That's awful. He has two rushing touchdowns, which is solid. But outside of that, he offers you nothing. He's getting 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, J.D. McKissick has more 
uh, uh, yards average yards per carry than uh, Terry McLaurin. So I mean, uh, than Antonio Gibson. So we definitely have to uh, figure out some things. Um, they try to use Curtis Samuel here and there. You know, he has eight carries for, for 51 yards so far this season. But two rushing touchdowns from this team is unacceptable. You got to do more. And then this is with without being with our uh, big touchdown guy in Jahan Dodson. So I don't know what we're going to do this week. But So, guys, in closing, I don't know what the, out, what the outcome of this game is going to be. I don't even know if the commanders finish out this, uh, this game healthy or not. Um, I really have no expectations. I will tell you this. Although I live in Nashville, Tennessee, I will not be going to any sports bars to watch the game. I have tons of uh, Tennessee Titans fans here in Nashville. I'm so disinterested in the commanders. I'm so disinterested in this game. Um, I'm sorry, guys. This was the energy that just came uh, out of this podcast or out of me. That's why I've kind of stayed away from podcasting. But for those of you guys that are listening, hopefully we do get a win. You know, it's like the commanders are like that family member that's that you're mad at, but you still care about, right? So I still care about the commanders, but it's just that I'm not going to get my hopes up with this team. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. And if you lose, then you, you're going to be playing a Thursday night versus the Chicago Bears. And after watching last night's debacle between the Colts and the Broncos, man, we don't know what next Thursday night holds. But for this game, hopefully the commanders get some turnovers. Hopefully, Terry McLaurin is able to have that breakout game and Carson Wentz is standing upright. Hopefully, Sadiq Charles and the rest of this offensive line produce that stability for Carson Wentz to be able to have some kind of success. Um, Logan Thomas, whether he plays or not, the team has activated or the team has elevated Cole Turner. So, so Cole Turner should be a factor. This is going to give us an opportunity to run three tight end sets, whether that helps with the run game, whether that helps with the passing game, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what these commanders are made out of. So, guys, once again, this is the Back Row Commanders Show. This is your host, Manny. Uh, please like, please um, rate and share this podcast. And hopefully I come back with you guys with another episode where I'm happy and excited talking about some Victory Monday, Victory Monday. We win, we won, we won. So we'll see. It's either I come back with a with a excited podcast exciting podcast or i come back with a rant saying how much i hate this team and i hope that dan daniel snyder sells this team so guys until the next episode i will catch you guys later i'm out peace